Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. So do give her hugs and loves and what have you, because we do love you and we thank you so incredibly for your great contribution and all the incredible songs that you've been writing and all the ones that you're about to write. And again, as always, you're going to be part of our family forever. I mean, this church has to have at least 15 pals in it at all times. And it's all Mike and Karen's fault. Pow, 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 pow. It's kind of like pow, pow, pow. Yeah, even the ones that have been grafted into the pow tree, like Denise. Hallelujah, amen, grafted in. But uh, thank you so much. And also, what I, 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 there's somebody else I was going to say. Oh, no, of course, Bobby. My gosh, just so that you know, Bobby is going to be stepping down from operations at the end of this year. Next Sunday, basically, or last Sunday from that, she's not leaving us. God's just leading her into more and more actual ministry. She's, she's really flowing and beginning to move more and more into the true intimacy of God's spirit. And that's what her heart longs for. She simply came and talked to us and said she wants to give herself more to the spirit, as it were, than to works which we fully understand, and so we bless her in that. She's still here. She's still fine. But I just want you to be aware of that so Bobby won't always be up here all the time, except when we're praying. Bobby will always be up here, along with the elders, as we pray for the sick after every service. We may not do that today again because it's this Christmas service and what have you. But so Bobby, just publicly again, there's no words we can ever find to say thank you for your incredible, incredible love and faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ and to us. What a blessing you are, young lady, to say the least. Amen. We love her much. We truly do. Hallelujah. And I don't know where Ayana went. I'm just going to have her dance for a minute because of how goofy she was on the front row, but that's all right. Anyhow, good morning. Merry Christmas. I just have a few scriptures. Again, we're not going to take a long time. Um, but I wanted to share, last time I spoke, you know, we spoke about this Christmas season. We all, hopefully, if we're here, we know why we're here. And that, again, we are, Christmas is when we, quote, unquote, celebrate the actual birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of all mankind. And everything tries to cloud that out. But as I said, I think, earlier at some point, In reality, we who have been blessed enough to get to know him more and more and just stay with him, stay in his word, stay in his love, we do, you know, we celebrate his birth every day, don't we? I mean, we're grateful every day, every day, not just Sunday and not just at Christmas time, to say the least. But I spoke a while back, a couple of weeks ago, about, you know, the gift that he is to us, but how the gifts that we need to be to others— And I spoke about how we need to understand like the gift of forgiveness, how we can give forgiveness. We can forgive others. And I shared that passage out of the Gospels where Jesus said to the man born by four, your sins are forgiven you. And that we in his his likeness, we doing the works that he did, how incredibly revelatory it is to think that we can forgive the sins of others. We can forgive the sins of others. So your sins are forgiven. Because of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven, no matter how many they are. So that's an incredible thing. But I just want to go through a couple of very well-known verses 
again, about some of his gifts to us, and then I just have a couple of statements about what I want us to meditate on as we gather with family or whatever we do, you know, this Wednesday, Christmas, or Boxing Day, or whatever. So I'm going to read just, again, from Romans 5. I'm going to read from Ephesians 2. But in Romans 5, I just want us again, Father, I'm asking you to simply cause this to truly be deep in our spirit man. That again, we go beyond head knowledge and that we see more and more that you really did this. You really came and lived a sinless life and you really did die a horrific death for us. That you really did take all of our infirmities, our weaknesses, our sicknesses. You took our poverty. You took it all. You paid the price. You redeemed us. So, Father, I'm just asking again, this can only happen by your Holy Spirit, that you would actually cause that switch to flip where the light does come on And we see, we believe, and we receive the gifts that came with your death and resurrection. That we would boldly proclaim that you paid this. And therefore we would not ever be found frustrating the grace that come to us through your death and resurrection. That we might take advantage of what you paid for. What a horrible thing it would be to live our entire life not taking advantage of the incredible price that was paid for our freedom. So, Father, please let these words be more alive than ever in our spirit. May our brain catch up with the truth of what you've done in the spirit. May you remind us that we're not of this world. We are not of this world. We are not of this world. This is not our kingdom. Our kingdom is above and our kingdom is within us and it is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't fit here. And that's okay. We're not supposed to fit here. We fit there. You have translated us. Your word is clear. You have literally taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and you have placed us in the kingdom of the son of your dear love. Hallelujah. I mean, hallelujah. At least I'm kind of glad about it. And I give you praise for it, Father. And I'm just trusting you, Father, that by your spirit at gut level that you really, really allow our people that spirit of revelation to see that to believe that to the point that they speak it constantly. Like Paul said, I have believed, or no, excuse me, let me start from the beginning of the verse. He said, we having the same spirit of faith, the spirit of faith we believe, and therefore we speak. I thank you, Father, that we speak what we actually believe. And I'm asking, Father, for the strength of these gifts that you've given us to be so prevalent, so big in our spirit, man, that we can't help but speak it because we know it to be the truth and nothing but the truth. 
In Jesus' name, Father, please let this be live to us. In Jesus' name, amen. In other words, you've got to know this like you know your name. You've heard me say many times, please, I hope nobody can talk you out of your name. You know, just say, no, you're not. You're not Ayana. You're not Sheila. You're not Abby. You're not Julie. I mean, hopefully, and this is what it's all about. Well, you know that you're the righteousness of God just like you know your name. You know you have right standing that by the blood of Christ you have been brought into perfect harmony with heaven. Hallelujah. Because that's what the word of God says. I am in harmony with heaven. And so are you if you're born from above. You are. Remember, it has nothing to do with how, and don't freak out, it has nothing to do with how many mistakes you still make. It has everything to do with the faith in your heart and the fact that you receive Jesus as Christ. And as you believe that and you begin to speak it, that's when the transformation begins to happen and that your flesh begins to come under control and your mind begins to come into agreement and be renewed and everything else catches up because it's known in your spirit now. Did you hear me? See, you catch it in your spirit before your flesh ever comes under control. You catch it in your spirit before your mind ever begins to agree fully. You catch it in here. God's spirit, his word is spirit. It goes into your spirit. You don't understand it with your brain because it's from another realm. It's spirit. I said it's spirit. And you're a spirit. Everything is spiritual. Romans 5, verse 7, Amplified Bible. Now, it is an extraordinary thing for one to give his life, even for an upright man. Though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor, someone might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, dirty, ugly sinners, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. And you know when it teaches, like, it's hard not to stop every. Therefore, since I am now justified, you, therefore, since, hi, Vivine. Vivine, good morning, Merry Christmas. I just want to say, you're justified. It's been paid for. Seeing now, just Vivine, that you are justified, you've been acquitted, you've been made right with God. You've been brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood. How much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and the wrath of God that is coming upon the impenitent? I was reading this morning in, in uh, Colossians and First and Second Thessalonians and stuff about, again, the wrath of God is going to come upon, that says, the impenitent, those who stubbornly resist the truth of Jesus Christ. It's a sad, sad thing. The wrath of God is going to come. I said the wrath of God is going to fall. But it's going to fall upon those who are so stubbornly resisting the love of God. 
They don't want to receive the love. They choose this world over his love. And that's freaky because the price is going to be horrific. But we have been justified by faith. This is the great gift. It says, it goes on to say, we have this right relationship. Verse 10 says, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. It is much more certain now that we are reconciled that we should be saved and daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. Not only so, but we also rejoice in exultantly glory in God, in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation. I never read that without thinking of God. I hear God whispering. He says, are you enjoying your reconciliation? He said, if you are, then notify your face. People, I am jovial. I am happy. I am joyful. I am joyful most of the time, and it upsets people. They think I'm... I'm not, I don't care. I do care, but I care about him more than I care about this. And it, I just have joy. Is that okay? I go through stuff like you go through stuff. But you know, I, like I said, I'm I've chosen. I'm not going to be anxious for anything. And he goes on to say these incredible truths here. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man, and death is a result of sin, so death spread to all men. No one was able to escape it, stop it. Because all men sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world even before the law was given. But sin's not charged to man's account where there is no law to transgress. That's a heavy thing. I'll let Julie teach on that someday because ask yourself a question. Is there any law any longer to transgress? No. Only one, the royal law of love. Yet death held sway from Adam to Moses, the lawgiver, even over those who did themselves not trans, who did not transgress themselves a positive command as Adam did. Adam was a type, a prefigure of the one who was to come. He was a type of Christ, but he was a type in reverse. His was destructive, the latter was saving. But here's where again it talks about these gifts. Actually, Sheila even made mention of this during worship. I heard her behind me. She's always whispering something about God. But God's free gift, everybody say free gift. Free gift, gift. say it again, free gift. It's a free gift, but God's free. Now what's, again, we do this, but you need to do this. You need to meditate on the word. What's free mean? Free means no charge. No charge. You don't have to pay anything. I said you don't have to pay for this. It's free. But you have to have the self-surrender that accepts the blessing, as it says in Isaiah. If for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing, it says. But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. For if many died through one man's falling away, his lapse, his offense, much more profusely, profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound, overflow to and for the benefit of of many. Nor is the free gift, it's just this is Christmas time, you see, and all through scripture, Paul's trying to communicate about the gifts, the gifts that God has given us through Christ. It's about the gifts that are free that you now have 
that are yours simply because you've made the decision to believe on Jesus Christ. Some of you have had these gifts for decades and never actually unwrapped them and taken advantage of them and, if I dare say, used them. Gifts are given for a purpose. They're given for a purpose, although I don't know. Julie Julie gave me an early Christmas gift. You know what she bought me? Cracked me up. I don't know what on earth. She bought me a little robot. She bought me a robot, and you push the button, and it does a dance that says, Hi, I'm going to be here and help you with your finances. It's got a little bank for kids to put coins in. And it says, But first, let me sing some music and do a dance for you. And so it comes out this music going, I don't know why on earth she bought me a robot, but I have a robot now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Julie. You're so thoughtful. You knew I needed that robot. Our dogs go berserk. They scream. They flip out, they're barking, they want to kill it, but then they're scared of it because it moves forward by itself and does this stuff. My wife thinks of things that I never would have thought of. But listen to verse uh, 15 again. But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion. In other words, you cannot remember, you must not compare the power of the fall of man to the power of the grace of God. There's no comparison. There's no comparison. But you, so many of us are still sin conscious. We're so much more aware of our mistakes than we are of his obedience. And that is the stumbling block. That is the obstacle that keeps so many people from truly moving forward in their faith. See, to believe in him is to believe in his love and is to believe the gifts that he's given us in his love. To believe them to the point that we speak them because we believe it. I am free. Like the beautiful classic song that everybody knows I love, you know, Let the weak say, now I'm strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich, because I am. Every one of you are strong in him. Every one of you are rich in him. But you need to start saying it. He said, but much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes to the undeserved favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound, overflow, into the benefit of many. Verse 16, nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. For the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation, whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification. Verse 17, for if because of one man's trespass, lapse and offense, death reigned, through that one, much more. Remember when I taught you on that, the phrase much more in the Greek and like Vine's dictionary of New Testament words, it says this, it must be accompanied with a shout. That's what it says in the lexicons. The much more is a strong statement. It's something that's supposed to be bellowed out. It's not a little bit. God's grace didn't just come a little bit more and just cover sin, deal with sin. It obliterated it much more. Much more will those who receive. A gift has to be received. You and I will feel funny if we give a gift to somebody at Christmas and they say, I don't want it. 
I, I mean, they won't receive it. Our fathers had to put up with that for millennia. He's offered this free gift to people. That's why it's going to be so horrific for those who continually are stubborn in heart and spirit and won't receive. But much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness. So I guess what I'm trying to say is one of the things, again, it's basically, but to me, that's one of the most huge things to really please do yourself a favor. Receive this gift that the blood of Jesus paid for. We're celebrating him coming into the earth. We're celebrating him being so obedient to the spirit of God that he lived a sinless life and yet chose to lay his life down. And take upon us, take upon himself rather, all of our guilt and sin and shame. I mean, to me it's incredible. As many as receive the free gift of right standing that puts them into right standing with himself. Reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ the Messiah. We, I know you hear it and you've heard it before. But like I said, I know how long it took me. How often I had to hear it. And I basically, more than anything, though, I know the diligence that I had to put into this scripture. This is, like I said, how the Spirit of God trained me to start to slow down. He trained me. I mean, years ago, he told me, slow down. Read this verse out loud. I want your ears to hear your mouth say these things and read it slowly. And I mean, read every word. Do not skim. I had to work with it and work with it. And work with it because of my own past of prison and drugs and violence to actually somehow see past all that and not still carry a sense of guilt or any sense of shame about it. To actually understand that I am a brand new man. I am not the Rod Anderson that was in prison and had to do stuff that he had to do to stay alive. I'm not that guy. I'm a brand new creation. Hallelujah, in Christ Jesus, I'm a brand new man. We used to sing the song, I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man. All the things have passed away, I've been born again. Hallelujah. And today to be able to actually wake up and go, I'm in harmony with God. That's a gift, man. I said, that's a gift. Because, uh, well, Julie will tell you, I hardly ever do anything silly. I never sin, right, Judy? I never sin, I never make mistakes. I live so perfectly every day. I mean, it's, it's really humbling for Julie to live with me. It really is. Because of the incredible, incredible grace I have and the incredible perfect, perfect life that I live. I'm just, I'm astounding, aren't I, honey? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But to know, but to somehow have something else overshadow. I used to, when I goofed up and did something stupid, man, I'm telling you, it would linger on me for weeks or months. My God, how was I so dumb? Why did I do that? Oh my God, man. And and see, it's not, it's not sloppy agape, like some people call it, or greasy grace. (laughs) It's a revelation that comes from the Spirit. When I confess my mistake, 
Can you, do you understand what, what, how much of a gift is this? Have you ever really thought about what 1 John 1 9 says? If we're faithful to confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But then the next part, the next part, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you realize if you're just honest with God, he said, I'm not only because you're honest and you've come to me with that which you know was a mistake. He said, I'll not only forgive you that, I will cleanse you because of your honesty from anything and everything that you don't even know is not in line with me. I think on that, man. You talk about a gift. I said, you talk about a gift to be, you know, Nancy uh, Henningbaum, anybody, you're all too young. There was a, one of the first Christian singers I ever heard was Honey Tree, Henningbaum in German means Honey Tree, Nancy Honey Tree. Way back in the days, man, in the Jesus, Jesus, you know, what we call the Jesus days, just after all the hippie movement. I'm gonna, she did this song called Clean Before My Lord I Stand. And I'm telling you, it, it was one of the very first Christian songs I ever heard when I came out of Teen Challenge or when I went to Teen Challenge and people started praying over me. And they said, listen to this song. And she sang the song about clean, being clean before the Lord. Clean before the Lord I stand, you know, because of the blood of Christ. And something about that just, it began to woo me in. I don't know how else to explain it. I thought, how, can, how, how? Because again, in those days, you know, all I had was these thoughts about having, you know, I'd just come out of the joint, like I said, and all this stuff. My dad had died, and I felt like I was the fault of him dying because of this guy that set, set me up to go back to prison and stuff. And the way he did it, remember, was to get close to my father. And I, went, I had so much guilt and shame. And, you know, and people say, even one of my own family members, one of my brother-in-laws, I will never forget. And he, you know, he got gloriously saved, but I never forget him. He was a bigger man, a lot bigger man than I was. He pointed his finger at me and he said, you killed your dad. You killed your dad. Talking about the fact when I got arrested that last time. And uh, I just, you know, that was a curse to say the least. But the point is, it hurt. And I carried it for so long, for so long. But today, I still make mistakes. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. But I've learned, I actually believe in being honest with the Father. I actually believe the moment, basically, I say sorry and I confess and I'm honest, I'm, asking, I'm sorry, Father, I just screwed up, I got angry or whatever, that he not only instantly forgives me because of his faithfulness. See, remember, he's faithful. What's he, remember, what's he faithful to? To be faithful means there has to be something previously in place to be faithful to. And what it's saying is he's faithful to the work of the cross, to what Jesus did. Hallelujah. He's faithful to that. He always will be. All we have to do is be honest before him. And we get to be cleansed from anything and everything. In other words, clean before my Lord, I stand again. Hallelujah. Perfect harmony with God because I have the gift of God's forgiveness. I have the gift of right standing. And when I screw up, I have the gift of God's forgiveness. And so do you. 
And it gets to the point where you believe it so strongly that the guilt and the shame begins to linger less and less and less to the point where, honestly, I, I tell you, so I remember once, I don't even remember what it was, but it was something that really horrified me that I'd even given in to it. And I asked God to forgive me, and it wasn't 30 minutes later that I was just like singing before God and dancing. And I heard this voice come say, how dare you? How dare you do that knowing what you did, you know, yesterday or whenever it was? And suddenly I recognized that wasn't God saying that. That wasn't conviction. That was the devil trying to bring back condemnation. And it was so cool to be able to say, nope. You see, I believe God. And that's why I spoke it. I believe. I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed. I'm in perfect harmony with God. I know there's nothing good that dwells in me. But now I lean on the Christ who does dwell in me. And I'm clean before my Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm just saying receive this gift. Because it is yours, you have right standing with God. Not only do you have right standing with God, you've got God's forgiveness. Anytime you want it, right this moment, instantaneously, it's available. It's right there. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Hallelujah. And I guarantee you, everybody in here needs forgiveness. Now turn to Ephesians 2 just real quickly. And then I just have a couple of comments. Then we're going to go upstairs and have all the Mexican food. Amen. Anybody still here? Okay, whatever. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> you know, and in Ephesians 2, again, I'll try to read this as quickly as I can. Well, okay. Verse 1 of Ephesians 2. Why not? And you he made alive when you were dead and slain by your trespasses and sins. Incredible in which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the course and the fashion of this world. You were under the sway of the tendency of this present age. You followed the prince and all of us. And this is everybody that you know that's not saved. Listen to me. Every person you know that's not saved is in this verse. And that they're following the prince of the power of the air they're being obedient to, they're under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience. They're careless, they're rebellious, the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. This is why we have a, we have a mandate from God if we've found our forgiveness, if we've found our salvation, if we've found our justification, and we know those who don't, we need to be Jesus to them, don't we? I didn't say we need to preach 37-hour sermons to them. We need to show forgiveness like he showed us. We need to show acceptance. Jesus Christ, when it came to sinners, Jesus Christ accepted sinners. Now listen, he didn't accept the sin, but he accepted the sinner. If you pour shame and guilt on people, you're a partner with the enemy. The enemy is an accuser. We are a blesser. We've been given commandment to bless. Please, 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 when you get upset, when you get angry, when you get disappointed, whatever, don't take upon yourself the spirit of accusation. So many people do this. They just, they, they're just constantly accusing people of stuff, accusing people of that. It's like they get there, and that actually betrays a weakness in their own character. Did you hear me? Don't, why would you want to partner with an accuser? 
Yes, of course, like you need to discuss things with people that you're close with. But don't get into that trap where you're always accusing, accusing, accusing. All I can tell you is you're, you're opening yourself up for a great problem, to say the least, because it's an obstacle, it's a hindrance, and actually a stumbling block that can cause you to fall big time. We're called to be like Jesus. And above all, that means we're going to love. Verse 3 says, Among these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh. Our behavior was governed by our corrupt and our sense nature. We obeyed the impulses of the flesh. We obeyed the thoughts of the mind. Our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginations. We were then by nature children of God's wrath and we were heirs of his indignation like the rest of mankind. But here it goes. But God, so rich is he in his mercy because of in order to satisfy the great, the wonderful, and the intense love. There's nothing about God that's not intense. God doesn't just, I love you. There's nothing about that. That's not the way it is. It isn't, I love you. Our God is intense. You do know he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's intent about his love for you and his purpose in your life. He doesn't play around. He loves you with this incredible strength. All the might of all the creation is behind this love for you. And it says because he is so, because of and in order to satisfy who he was. You see, remember, love isn't love until it's given away. Love is never fulfilled until it's given away. All that. But God so rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy his great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, even when we were slain, killed by our own shortcomings, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. And I love this. Listen to this next part in the effort. He talked about a gift, a gift he gave us. The very life of Christ himself. <laughs> the same new life with which he quickened him. For it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved. You're delivered from judgment. I am delivered from judgment. Don't know about y'all, but Rod is delivered from judgment. Hallelujah. You're delivered from judgment and you're made a partaker of Christ's salvation. And he raised us up together with him and he's made us to sit down with him in joint authority. In other words, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus the Messiah. Why did he do this? Verse 7. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate, clearly, clearly demonstrate to the ages to come, the immeasurable, the limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor, and his kindness, and his goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. Last verse, for it is by free grace, free, everybody say free, it's free. For it is by free grace, this favor of God, that you are saved. You've been delivered from judgment. I mean, do you understand how many times Paul says this in the epistles? It's like maybe he's trying to get something across. You've been delivered. 
You're not going to be. If you're in Christ, if you believe on Christ, you've been delivered. Hallelujah. See, that's supposed to make a smile come on your face. That's why it's really doubtful. It's frightening when you go to a lot of churches and everybody, they look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. They do. You know what I mean? There's no, there's this no joy thing. I mean, they just, oh my God, I got to go to church. I know. I remember those days. Trust me. I know there's nobody in here that ever feels like that, ever. You're so full of joy every Sunday morning. Glory to God, I get to go to Father's house. You're so excited. I mean, you just can't stand yourself. You're so excited. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and you're made, you you, you've been made a partaker of his salvation through your faith. And this salvation, this whole thing, this freedom from the torment that's in the world and the torment that is to come, this salvation, it's not of yourselves. It's nothing you could have done. It came not through your own striving. It is the gift of God. Very familiar verses, I know, like I said, but... I don't know what else to tell you. This is Christmas when everybody thinks of gifts, thinks of giving gifts. And the younger you are, the more you think about the gifts you're going to be given. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? But I just wanted to finish by saying this. As the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, as our church, as my fellowship, as it were, as my sheep, really pray, get before the Lord. I don't care where you're at, you know, when you, who you go to be with, or if you're around family, if you don't have anyone. I, I, I don't want, let me say this first. The Lord really had me pray yesterday and come against melancholy. Melancholy, when you look it up in the dictionary, it means glooming forebodings. But he really had me pray against melancholy because melancholy really comes upon a lot of people at Christmas for a variety of reasons. You know, maybe in some of them very real, you know, family pain, like often in the situation, family disagreements or loss of loved ones, all manner of things, you know. But let me, all I can see, the joy of the Lord really is your strength. I'm just saying, recognize, please, recognize melancholy quick. And say no to it. I said say no to it. Rebuke it. Because the moment you start giving in to that melancholy, you open a door for torment. You truly do. And actually, when you think about it, when people, when you get into a melancholy state, it's really because your your focus is on you. You're thinking about something, quote unquote, that you feel you lack when you could be thinking upon someone you love and someone who loves you. You say, well, it's not that simple. You know what? It has to become that simple for you to get free. I spent Christmases in prison. I always remember they bring this little bag and had one little tiny bag with four pieces of hard candy and one orange. And I remember, you know, the feeling what it was like to be in Christmas, be in prison in Christmases. And, uh, Talk about your mind having opportunities to think and the shame and the guilt and da-da-da-da-da-da. But for us today who are free, who are out here and who know Jesus Christ, we really don't, please don't get angry with me because I know pain is real, but you don't have the right to stay melancholy. 
because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You need to rejoice, like it says, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. So the word rejoice means brighten up. And I'm saying, even if you are dog-faced alone in a room, you can think on Jesus Christ. I double-dog guarantee you the Spirit of God will show himself to you and embrace you when you turn your attention to him. I tell you, he will. I tell you, he always will. He's faithful because he is love. He cannot deny himself. So anyhow, so be free from melancholy. And, and, and when you're with others, I, this, there's this, these three or there's four things the Lord told me to say to you that are very simple. Faith, hope, love, and belief. Do you offer people faith when you're around this Christmas or New Year's? Be somebody who accentuates the positive. You hear me? Just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show forth faith, faith in them. And of course, hope. Be a merchant of hope. I'm serious. Bring hope to people. Like Gosha, we laugh with Gosha a lot because Gosha is crazy, but she's crazy for Jesus, you know. But you can't say anything to her without, she'll come back with a positive. I, I try to Joe in, but, but she does because it's deep in her spirit. What's wrong with that? To always come back with the positive. Be a sower of hope. Remember, hope is, the word hope, elpis in the Greek, E-L-P-I-S, means joyful expectation of the future. There's something good in your future. Oral Roberts, his mantra, every single time those programs started, every single meeting he ever did, he'd say this, something good is about to happen to you. Bring people faith. Bring hope. Again, above all, be loving. Show love. Give love. Give love. Remember, did you deserve Christ's love? No. The issue is not people deserving it. To be Christ-like means you give love where it's not deserved. So think about that. Offer up faith. Offer up, give some faith wherever you're at this weekend or this week, I mean, or next week. Just say, I'm, just talk to the Lord for me and say, Father, I want to, you're going to show me places. There's going to be little things, conversation, stuff come up. I want to be the person that brings faith into it. I want to bring the person, I want to be the person that brings hope. I want to be the person that brings love. And the final thing I said is just belief. Do you know how powerful it is to discover somebody who believes in you? To this day, from my time at Teen Challenge when I came out of prison and stuff like that, there's three men that I will never forget that will always hold an incredibly deep place in my heart because all they did is minister love to me and they, said, and they constantly said, we believe in you. Just that simple. Rod, you've got a great future. They believed in me. They believed in me when I could not believe in myself. All of us know somebody that needs somebody to believe in them. You don't wait till they get right and then love and believe. 
Otherwise, Jesus never would have. We remember when we were dead in sin and trespasses, Christ loved us. So think about it. Yes, you may be around some very difficult people this holiday season. You may be. And nobody's saying there wouldn't be difficult. But see, be the light. Don't join the darkness. Amen? Amen. I'm done. Father, we give you thanks. We truly give you thanks for the incredible gift of Jesus Christ. Eternal life. I have eternal life. We have, we're in harmony with you because of the blood of Jesus, not because of how cool we are. I'm in harmony with heaven. My church is in harmony with heaven. My members in this church are in harmony with you because of you, Jesus. Because of you, Jesus. I'm asking Holy Spirit for you to do such a remarkable gifting in their mind and their spirit and their understanding that they can actually begin to believe it to the point that they can't help but say it. Just like they can't deny what their name is, they'll recognize this identity now with you to the point they simply can't deny, I'm I'm right with God. They'll let no man put guilt on them, put shame on them. Ever. And if they do make a mistake, they know to run straight to the cross. Father, forgive me. And they know that instantaneously you're faithful to forgive them and to cleanse them from anything else that might be lingering around. That they are totally whole and free and blessed in your presence. May we all receive this truth. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.